If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at CottageBlogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, hello again, and welcome to episode number 86 of Vacation Rental Success. And uh, after a really hot and humid uh, weekend here, it's uh, it's cooled down a bit. It, uh, I say cooled down. We're only at around 29 degrees, which is, I guess, uh, in American money, 28 degrees is 82, 29 degrees is probably 84, 85, which is... Uh, which is um, Pretty pleasant, actually. The humidity's reducing. Um, but of course, hot and humid weekends bring issues with our guests as they're going into cottages, just, in, just as much, in fact, as uh, the rainy times. And we had 130-odd families who checked into our cottages this weekend. And I wanted to use this episode to... Just talk about first impressions because we we know that the I mean we all know about the power of a first impression and I've mentioned this on my blog before when I did my presentation at the Home Away Summit a couple of couple of years ago uh, it was the topic of that presentation. Uh, and it's something that I, I refer to over and over again when I'm talking to new owners when they want to come onto our rental program, because it is just so important that that first impression is a good one. Uh, otherwise, guests are arriving, they, they're arriving with anticipation, with huge amounts of excitement. They may have had a long journey and if they arrive and have issues at the very start of their vacation, it can impact their perception of the rest of the vacation. I'm going to, in the course of this episode, I'm going to talk through 10 ways to create a really great first impression. But I'm also going to include some of the recent issues that we've, we have had with, with guests going into our cottages and... Some of these were, were definitely our fault as, as an agency. And I know there's agency owners out there listening to this. You will know we are not infallible. We make mistakes. And the, the, the whole thing is, is if we, if we handle those mistakes right, then we usually get uh, a better outcome overall. I remember reading a book years and years ago called A Complaint is a Gift, and the premise of the book was that you get more loyal customers from those who have made a complaint then have their issue handled really, really well than from a customer who doesn't have any issue with you at all. So for, the, for those of you who actually <laughs> worry about getting negative reviews, it might be really worthwhile remembering that that a complaint is a gift. Not only does it allow you to, to correct whatever is being told to you, because, you know, the majority of people don't tell you if they've got a problem. 
they just share it with their friends. And so, so it allows you to address the, the issue. And secondly, it allows you to address the issue in such a way that you retain them as a customer and they think even more highly of you. So I'll, I'll just give you one example. And this happened just this, this past Friday. And due to an administrative error on our part, and don't, I'm not even going to go into how this happened, but a family arrived at a property on Friday night expecting to start their vacation to find that the there was a car outside the property and there was a dog inside and they knocked on the door and they tried the door, they tried the code they'd been given and nothing. They could not get in. But it looked, so they looked in the windows and there was there were cleaning things around the place. So it looked like there, there had obviously been somebody there or there was somebody there, but nobody was answering the door. So they called us to uh, to see if we could shed any light on the on the situation, and we looked it up and said uh, we know that you're going in on Friday afternoon for for a week. However, the information that we sent to the owner to let them know of their upcoming uh, rental told her it was Saturday to Saturday. So the owner had it correct. The owner was preparing the property for a Saturday check-in and the guests had arrived on Friday, quite rightly, because that's what they'd booked. There were all sorts of extenuating circumstances that led up to this with with a lot of changes and alterations in the booking, which ended up with this, this, this confusion. So bottom line, we had a group of two adults and three children standing outside this cottage that was clearly not yet prepared for them and no owner in sight. So our first, we said, first of all, told them where there was, there was a local ice cream parlor and uh, just asked, us, uh, asked them just to, to take half an hour, go down and get an ice cream. Um, we'd cover that cost uh, while we sorted it out because at that point we weren't sure of what the situation was. So off they went. In the meantime, we tried to get hold of the owner and we had cell phone that was not being answered. We left text, voicemail, we emailed, we tried Skype, we tried Facebook, we tried absolutely every method to get in touch with the owner and to absolute no avail. So here we are now at six o'clock. We can't get hold of the owner. This family can't just keep eating ice cream for the rest of the evening. And we had to, to make a decision. So cutting a long story short, we found them a local hotel room and, uh, and gave them uh, and, and told them to go out and get a meal and, and charge that to us as well. And, and at least that gave us some breathing space to, to try and find the owner and see what was, what was happening. And I have to say, if, if we could have the best guest ever, that guest was that person because she never stopped laughing over the phone. And for, for those of you who've been in the situation of, of dealing with a 
with a guest at the start of their vacation where something's gone wrong, probably 95% of them are not going to be doing much laughing or smiling. However, this lady was was clearly quite um she, she was she was going she was just going with the flow and and as she said she said you know this is not a big issue it happened to you know the, the weather wasn't great she said what are we going to do we would go into the cottage and sit indoors and look out at the weather she said this is quite an adventure because the children had never stayed in a hotel before so i'm thinking well i hope this is something they're going to enjoy and and in fact they did we had an email from her a bit later on to say they'd been out for a nice meal and they they were settled into their hotel room and it was all a big adventure for the kids because they were all piled into to one one room we we'd found them a sweet room and and they were clearly having a lot of fun um we eventually tracked down the owner who'd she'd gone out to dinner because she'd had and hadn't taken her cell phone she had no idea that uh, that her guests were going to turn up because for her they were arriving the following day. Following day, so she was also uh, very good humoured about it and said that it wasn't prepared for them to go in that night, and it would be ready for them by noon the following day. So uh, all was well, and in fact, because the owner knew it was going to be a Saturday, sat, thought it was going to be a Saturday-Saturday rental. These guests who'd arrived on Friday actually got an extra day on their vacation, were able to stay till the following Saturday. And then the following day, we get a, we get a, a, a call from the guest just to say how wonderful we were, how impressed she was, how amazing it was that we put them up in a hotel because they'd been prepared to go back home and come back the following day. And they couldn't wait to book with us again next year. So, so that's what, you know, this was clearly a problem that we had sparked off. Um, we were fortunate, very, very fortunate in the nature of the guest. And it doesn't always happen that way. But uh, that, that's how it works at some points if you're able to really recover a situation that makes everybody happy and uh, and they become your most loyal guests of all. So that was one where we, we all heaved a sigh of relief and, uh, you know, an all's well that ends well uh, issue. We've had a number of other issues, of, of course, you know, with that amount of people going into properties, there are going to be things. And this, this weekend we've had... Um, dogs sprayed by skunks then the the guest let the dog into the house so the owners had 24 hours to clean up the entire house of skunk spray smell we had people who were not able to access a property because the lockbox code had not been set correctly and we had a major one a few days ago uh, at a cottage where um to a tree branch came down in a microburst and wrote off two cars in the property driveway. Now, that also was an interesting one. And that's that that one I will probably come back to in, in a blog post or a later episode. Because uh, although the guest's uh, comprehensive motor insurance was going to cover the cost of, uh, of, the, of the damage to the two vehicles, they wanted the owner to pay the um, 
the deductible and got very uh, vocal about this, that since the tree was on the owner's property and, and despite the fact that the tree, the, the offending branch was cut up and removed within an hour of this happening and a, the, the person who cut down the tree, the tree, uh, we, we looked for somebody who, uh, who was a registered tree expert said that the branch, the tree, or the tree that the branch came off was perfectly healthy and it was not a rotten tree nor a rotten branch. It just happened to be that this intense period of high winds caused this tree branch to come down. So it wasn't, in fact, a liability of the owner. You know, it all comes down to, to whatever you want to call it, act of God, act of nature. Um, and eventually that one was resolved and the guest um, fully agreed that in the end, you know, he, he's obviously his reaction was a little bit more dramatic than, um, than as his, he said, than it perhaps um, should have been because he was on vacation and suddenly he's presented with another $1,000 bill for his deductible and a written-off car. So uh, so anyway, that, that's another topic. I want to move on to my topic of today, which is the 10 ways to create a great first impression because failing to create a great first impression can deliver some bad feedback, negative feedback. Uh, it can cause guests to become dramatic and, and, and to have an impact on their vacation. So the better, the better you can work at making their first impression absolutely great, the better the whole overall experience is going to be for both you and your guests. And I want to kick off with something that I always notice when we are going to a vacation rental. Now, quite often, this has been, I mean, I'm thinking back to the last couple of years, we went to uh, Costa Rica and then we went to Eleuthera and then we went to Exuma. Now, that's sort of three years of, of vacation. Each time we had, you know, fairly lengthy fairly lengthy flights. We flew into for Costa Rica. We'd gone into Houston, had a, a two-hour layover, and then another flight into coast, into San Jose, then a three-hour car ride to get to the property. So we were pretty exhausted when we arrived, and we had the directions. I mean, Costa Rica in particular, if you've, if you've ever been there, it's the most just stunning, stunning place place. If I could go back there tomorrow, I'd be, I'd be on my way. Um, but it was the first time we'd been there and we'd done this three hour drive and we're finally, we're, we're in a place called, or between two small villages, one called Dominical and the other is Uvita. And we're looking for this tiny, uh, turn off the road to go down to this property. And we, we've sort of, it's getting a bit dark and we're hoping we're not going to miss it. And how are we ever going to find the place and are the directions right? And we turn off onto this track and we've been told to look out for the sign and we're driving down this, this road and there is this lovely, lovely sign that says 
flying toucan. And we heave this great sigh of relief because we're there. There is no doubt that we have arrived at the right place. Sometimes I hear of guests in our properties who arrive and then that they, they find you know, a similar sort of dirt track and they miss a sign or they miss a, um, a marker and end up going down a, to a dead end. And then they have to turn around and come back and they have to backtrack and, and find the place. When they eventually find it, you know that there's a, there's a number on the side of the road that's obscured by trees. They, they, they think they're in the right place, but they don't know. And in their minds comes this doubt. You know, have we driven all this way to, to get lost? Coming across this sign for flying toucans was just this, this wonderful feeling of we've arrived. The same thing happened in Eleuthera. And I will never forget the, you know, the, the last five minutes of the drive was down a, a complete natural stone road. They, they get some fairly heavy rains there at times. So, so there were rocks and there were gullies. And we've got a four-wheel drive car, but and we're sort of bumping and grinding over these rocks and thinking, however far do we have to go down here? And then there is the sign to the beach house. And then again, last year, uh, two years ago, when we went to Exuma for the first time, and and exactly the same, you know, we we arrived at the airport. You get in the you get in the in the hire car and you drive for half an hour. Hopefully, you're getting to the right place because it's getting dark again, and you're in a different country. And and, and of course, driving on the other side of the road from what we are used to, and then coming round this bend, and there is a sign that says the Vine House. Um, what am I getting out here? Get a sign. You need a sign for your property. Um, my sign. Both my properties have beautiful signs. Um, we we spent some money on having a sign made. It's not a sign that has the number of the property. It has the name of the property. And I've had guests say to me that seeing that sign told them they'd started their vacation. They were in the right place. So I'm going to be including some of these. Uh, I'm going to include my sign on the show notes. Go take a look at it because uh, I love that sign. And uh, there's plenty of good sign makers out there. Really go to town and get a beautiful sign. Um, my second way of creating a great first impression, and this is one that a lot of people just don't really think about. It's, a, it's the front door. It's the entrance that your guests come to and they may be that they've arrived and they've come to the door and maybe there is a keyless entry system. So they're going to punch in the numbers. Maybe they get it wrong. It doesn't work. So immediately that, uh, that feeling of doubt comes over them. My goodness, we haven't got the right number. And then they start looking around. They're looking around the periphery of that, uh, of that lockbox. If the door doesn't look nice, if you've got a threadbare welcome mat that's seen better days, if there's paint peeling, if there's finger marks or it's dirty, all of a sudden, all these things come to them and begin to create fear and doubt. So there's two things here. The lockbox must 
always work. And that really is down to the person who's setting that code. The last thing they do as they walk out of that place is to make sure the code works for the next guests. And I know that some of you use, um, use some of the remote locks. Just, just practice. Make sure that there's no margin for error there. And of course, things do go wrong if they do then your guests have to have your phone number and you need to be on the end of it to be able to answer immediately if they've got a problem or somebody needs to be there. Because, you know, somebody who can't get into into a property uh, on the first day of their vacation, maybe it's raining, maybe it's, it's, it's blasting down with heat, they're dying to get a cold drink. If they get stuck and they can't get in, they're going to have some... You know, there's going to be quite a strong reaction from them. So just just to just to cover all your bases, make sure the property looks fantastic from the outside. It looks welcoming. You know, have some pot tubs of flowers by the door. Make sure the door is clean and if you've got a door handle, it's shiny and there's no evidence of disrepair at all. Uh, go check out your, uh, your foot mat. When was the last time you replaced that? Because it all adds up to the overall first impression. That takes me on to my third point really is, is the whole, and maybe that should have, this should have come just before the door. It's all the whole driveway and curb appeal. What do they see on the right? What do they see on the left? Do they see piles of, of garbage? I've heard from guests who have almost turned away from a property because the approach along the approach was a huge pile of um of debris from an old shed that the owner had torn down this had no bearing on what the property was like in fact the property was absolutely gorgeous but the first impression that these guests got was this pile of old planks old siding that was sitting to the side of the driveway. It was clearly waiting to be picked up. But to these guests, it was a sign of that the property was perhaps in disrepair and wasn't being looked after very well. So as I said, that, that, the, drive, the whole driveway curb appeal, um, first impression should probably come before the door. So just have a think about it as the whole exterior impression. So you're going to have a great sign. Your driveway is going to look wonderful. When they get to the door, it's clean. The lock works and maybe there's some flowers and some sort of feeling of we've arrived and we feel welcome. So for number four, your guests have opened the door. What is the first thing they notice? It really depends on how they commonly process information. I've talked about this a lot before, about the fact that we process our information, the information that comes through, comes through our senses. And some of us are, are more visual. So we, we, we see things, we, we will process color, we'll process light long before we, 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 we hear anything or we smell anything. But others are more auditory. They have enhanced hearing. So what they hear when they walk in the door is perhaps more important to them than anything else. Um, others are 
what we call kinesthetic. So they're sort of the touchy-feely people. They're the ones that are going to notice things like temperature. And I'm going to come on to that uh, in a minute because I'm just going to start with um, with the with visual, and I'm not even including that in the top ten because the majority of us are visual processors. We, when they walk in a door, they want to see that the place is ready for them. It's clean, it's tidy, and it's sort of light and airy, and they feel comfortable. My, my fourth um, way of creating a great first impression has to do with smell. That is my primary way of, that is my primary sense. I'm very, very sensitive to odours, and which has often helped me out when I've gone to look at new properties, because if I walk in the door and it has a, a musty smell, uh, I'm very, very conscious of that. And, and will normally bring that to the owner's attention straight away. So it's really important that a property smells fresh. We don't want it to smell of uh, chemical fragrances, plug-ins. Please, please don't use chemical plug-ins. They are ghastly. They really are. For people who, who are sensitive to smell, those things, those things have me gagging. Um, unplug them, take them out. Constant, if, if you have to use them, ask yourself, are you masking another smell that you need to get rid of? The second thing is um, toilet cleaner. I absolutely detest walking into a hotel room where they've used really, really strong disinfectants. And I heard this, an owner um, a couple of years ago, um, commented on a blog post that he liked to use a strong disinfectant because people would know the place was clean. And I, I strongly, strongly disagree with that. There are ways of creating a fresh and fragrant smell without using any chemicals, without using any disinfectants, without using the sprays. You simply use a couple of drops of essential oils in a small dish of bicarb of soda and and put it you know high up on cupboards or or on a shelf it's the most you know it's a really natural odor it's it it just feels good and trust me that's from somebody who who can smell just about anything um, very, very clearly. Also be careful if you're putting flowers in and make sure that um, that the flowers you're using are not the very, very pungent. And I can't honestly remember the the type of flower. It's purple. Yeah, I'll, I, I can't remember it, but I know that uh, that I find that to be quite uh, quite a pungent smell. The best smell, of course, is completely fresh smell. It's it's a smell perhaps of fresh laundry, windows open, breeze coming in through the windows, and uh, and and that is the best. Number five is music. For those who are auditory, they love to hear a little bit of music as they walk in the door. This this was um this was a tip given to me years and years ago by by an owner when I went to look at their property, and I, I know I have mentioned it in a previous podcast, and she was showing me her, her cottage and she opened the door and the first thing I noticed was the sound of very gentle classical music. And it was just, 
oh, it was it was perfect. I really actually didn't notice much else except you almost felt like you were being wafted in on this this beautiful music. I, I use this in my properties as one of the last things we do as we walk out at the end of a changeover is just put the radio on to a classical channel or or put it on t on on the television on the satellite. It's amazing how many guests will acknowledge it and notice it and let us know that they felt so welcome when they walked in to this very pleasant sound of classical music. And I know when uh, when we, we eventually build our property in the Bahamas, then I want to, I, I will have island music. It, you know, I want to make sure that the music I have is is right for the location. So, you know, it could be steel band, or calypso or jazz just depends on where you are in the world what sort of music you have but i would strongly recommend that you think about doing this about having some gentle music playing as your guests come in the door number six is temperature because there are a lot of people who are very impacted by the way they feel and they will notice as they walk into a place what the temperature is like. So obviously in the in the winter, when your guests arrive, you want the place to be warm and cosy. I mean, please don't ask them to come in and, oh, by the way, you need to turn up the heat and it will take about 20 minutes to get to the required temperature. You know, if you do that, please don't rent in winter. People are getting out of a nice warm car and walking into the property. They need to feel that warmth, not cold. It's it's just not it's just not acceptable to to do that. And I okay, so you may be running your heating for another few hours if people get in late. But hey, that's the cost of doing this business. That's the cost you that's what you pay to make your guests loyal and to have them coming back to you over and over again. And of course, in the summer, if they're walking into a property that has some air conditioning, then um, then make sure it's set to not too cold, but make sure it's a nice temperature. So when they walk in, they're not chilled, but they are cooled a little. Having said that, my own neither of my own properties have air conditioning and we've had huge heat, just amazing heat this weekend. And and I know they would have walked into little ovens, even with the fans going. But always remember that fans cool people and air conditioning cools rooms. So, you know, if you walk out and leave all your fans going, it's actually not going to make any difference to the temperature of the room when people walk in. When they stand under them, they're going to feel the, the effect. But, but otherwise, a fan does not do the same as air conditioning. So I know we are considering getting some portable um, AC units for our properties. Um, we, shall see how, we shall see how that goes. And certainly in our, in our Bahamas build, it'll have full air conditioning. But just think about, you know, that first impression as they walk in the door, in terms of the temperature, how does it feel? Another sense 
One of my favorite senses is the sense of taste. And this is a great first impression if you leave a food gift. So your guests are arriving, they walk in the door and, oh, and I remember this from years ago. And I know I've, I've mentioned this one too before, uh, walking into a tiny little cottage in the Derbyshire Peak District in England. And on the table was um, this beautiful um, strawberry cake. And and the, the guests, I, I think the owners, we, we had called the owners to let them know what time we'd be arriving. And I know they live locally. I'm sure they saw us go past. And she must have scuttled by and put this on the table, this beautiful strawberry cake. Um, and, and a pot for our tea and the, the cups. And it was just, it was just like, we were all ready to have this beautiful tea party. It was all ready for us. And I, I, that was one of the best first impressions I've ever had because we'd had a long drive. In fact, we'd, we'd come in by air from the UK. And so it, uh, from, from Canada rather. So eight hour flight overnight, pick up the hire car, drive for two hours. We are, and, and me, I'm, I'm a true Brit. I'm gasping for a cuppa. So to walk in that door and I don't think we unloaded anything out of the car. The kettle went on. We made a cup of tea and we sat down and had some strawberry cake. And I have to say, I absolutely fell in love with that little cottage. We hadn't even looked at the bedrooms. I didn't care. We had strawberry cake and tea. It was, it was just outstanding. Um, you may not be in a position to leave your guests strawberry cake, you know, something that's freshly made. Uh, you may, however, uh, be able to get your caretaker to buy something on the, um, on the farmer's market on the morning of check-in. Um, you might, I don't know. Um, I leave, I leave honey for, for my guests now, a nice pot of honey from our local beekeeper or some local maple syrup and maybe some chocolates or something they can actually eat then and there. We have a local cookie company and they make the most amazing tiny, tiny little, little cookies in, in um, little shortbreads in all sorts of different flavors. So I tend to, at the beginning of the season, I buy 20 or 30 boxes of these so that there is always a box to go down to the cottages at each changeover and people absolutely love them. So think about how you're going to meet your guests' taste needs and, uh, and create something wonderful for them. Number eight is, for a great first impression, is a personal letter or a welcome message on a message board. Mike does this with his, uh, his chalkboard. He always has up a little message that says welcome. And then he, he has his caretaker write in the names of the incoming guests. And he's heard on numerous occasions how wonderful that the guests felt when they actually saw that. They saw their names. They felt welcome. They weren't arriving at some uh, at, at some impersonal hotel room or resort room. They were, they were arriving somewhere where somebody had taken the time 
to write their names on a board and give them a welcome. Um, children especially just find this quite uh, amazing that, uh, that somebody has written their names up there. So that's, that's really neat. Um, I opt for a personalised, um, I, I get a personalised letter of welcome. I handwrite them. It's just a couple of lines on a card that just accompanies my foodie gift. And it's, it really just says, you know, welcome, Jan, Mike and family. Uh, have a fabulous time. We hope you enjoy these these little treats from our local farmer's market. It will let us know if you have any issues whatsoever. We're just down the road. And, and that goes down very well. And we've seen that on reviews when people say it was so nice to get that letter of welcome made us feel special. Because this is, all, this is what it's all about. It's making people feel really special. Number nine is your welcome book and the tourist information. We all talk about the fact that, and we bemoan the fact that people don't read the welcome book. Well, actually, I do. Whenever I go somewhere, that's the welcome book is one of the first things I look at. So there are people who pick it up and maybe your welcome book is not being read because it's not in a format that makes it that attractive. So why don't you take a look and see if your welcome book is attractive? Is it full of really useful information? Could people sit around on their first evening after they have their meal and they start thinking about the following day? Is your welcome book good enough for somebody to open it up and say, okay, let's plan tomorrow. Let's go through this and see what we can do. And for them to find personal recommendations of the best beach, of the best golf course, a personal recommendation for a secret hike that only the locals know, um, a recommendation for where to take the dog for a walk, where they could perhaps let it off the leash. It's those things that make that first impression so special. It, it has your guests feeling that they have really really book the right place. And then, of course, including all your, your the tourist information, um, menus from the local, from local restaurants with your recommendations as to which one's the best. And, and you know, your recommendations as to, to which dish is the best to try. So number 10 is, is really just the overall impression of the whole property. And, and I'm thinking about sort of the outside preparation. Once they've come in and they've had a good look around the inside and they've got all their first impressions of the inside, they'll be going outside to, to see what else there is. So don't leave anything to chance with that. Make sure the patio table is clean. The patio chairs are clean. Make sure that each chair has, you know, if they have covers, that they're easy to find. Clean the boats. Make sure if, they, if you've got watercraft, make sure they're clean and that all the paddles are there. You know, the, the real goal is that when your guests have arrived, tired after their journey, they've had a drink, they've had something to eat, that first evening they're all going to sit there and put their feet up. And they're going to talk about it. They're going to talk about their plans for their time there. And they're also going to talk about their first impressions. Somebody's going to say, well, what do you think? Did we do it right? 
did we choose the right place? And you know, if every one of them says, wow, this is perfect, then you have achieved your goal. It could be in my 10 ways to create a first impression that, uh, that you're, you've ticked them all off and you said, yes, I do every one of these. If so, fantastic. You are really onto a winner because, and here's, here's the rub that people share everything these days, but they only share something when it's stunning or spectacular and really makes them go, wow, what do you have? Is if you, if you've got everything right, is it shareable? Have a think. Would somebody walk in the door have a first impression about something and then immediately take a picture and post it on Instagram. Instagram. Take a picture and post it on their Facebook page. Write about it on Twitter. Would they share it? And that really is, uh, you know, if, if, if you think that you've done enough to get something shared on their very first day, in their first 10 minutes even, you really are doing it right. So everything I've talked about here, I'm putting down in the show notes. So head on over there and, uh, and take a look and, uh, and just check off, see what, what you are doing that, uh, that is going to create that wow first impression with your guests. And I'd love to hear about it. Just, um, just go into the comments and let me know what your amazing first impression action is. I'd love to hear it. And of course, as ever, you know, you can always email me at heather at cottageblogger.com. That would be absolutely fantastic. Okay, so I'm heading off now to take a little bit of a break before uh, tackling some more emails, before uh, talking through some more issues. Um, Actually, as I've been recording, I've noticed that there is... We, we have an issue with um, with the skunk. Um, so best I go off and, and deal with that. That is the joy of living in the countryside. So once again, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure to be with you again. And I look forward to seeing you again very, very soon. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over. But don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.